0: yo what up everybody welcome back to another episode of on deck presented by deep dive sports if you're a little confused yes i am not greg i am nick today i want to host the on deck show greg had some things he had to handle so you get me and dom today Woo! so we're just going to be going yeah. over some topics within baseball we're going to go over obviously the trade deadline kind of go over our winners and losers then we're going to give our new predictions for the world series because how could you not after this crazy trade deadline and you know days leading up to it as well there's lots of movement lots of big stars moved and then we're going to kind of end the episode you know wondering what happened to all the no hitters i don't know so uh that's what we're gonna talk about but we're gonna start off with our winners and losers of the trade deadline so i will uh let dom go
1: all right so um i have four winners Uh, i'm gonna start with the giants Bringing in Chris Bryant was huge for that offense. Um, I know Evan Longoria has been injured for a good part of the season. I think he could, he's going to be out until probably mid September. Um, and just adding his versatility and bat to that offense is huge because that's kind of been the weak spot of the team. And then, you know, being able to fill a hole at third base is, I mean, it, it's exactly what they needed to do. Um, They could have done maybe a little bit more, uh, but overall, what they added to the team with Chris Bryant is, I think, good enough to put them as a winner. My next winner, I would have the Dodgers. How could you not have them as a winner? Um, Adding Chris Bryant and Trey Turner in the same deal. They're already a loaded team. Then you go and add Max Scherzer to that pitching staff who fills the hole left behind by Trevor Bauer, who we probably won't see pitch ever again. Yeah, He's one of the few true aces in the game still, and being able to add him to a pitching staff that already includes Walker Bueller is just insane. And then adding uh, Trey Turner to that lineup, his speed, his glove, uh, they've kind of been iffy up the middle. So adding him, who's a very capable shortstop, how can you not have them as a World Series contender at this point? I, I think they're already the best roster in baseball before the trade deadline. And then you go and add those two stars. You know, it's it's kind of not fair anymore. Um, now, my next winner, I got both Chicago teams. We'll start with the White Sox. I think bringing in Cesar Hernandez and Craig Kimbrell was what they needed to do. Second base was kind of a hole that they had. They were getting some serviceable play at second base, but Cesar Hernandez having a career year, especially with home runs, adds a very solid bat to that lineup. And then solidifying their already good bullpen by bringing in Craig Kimbrell. Um, it shows everyone that they're in win now mode. You know They've spent the last five years really bolstering their farm system, and now all their top prospects are up. They were already arguably one of the best teams in the AL, then you solidify that bullpen and that lineup i don't think there's any way that you cannot have them as the best team in the american league at this point um then my last winner i got the yankees they were really disappointing both offensively and pitching this year Mm -hmm. i mean you look at the lineup that they have or had before the trade deadline and you're thinking this is one of the best uh, this is one of the best lineups in baseball and it seems like they forgot to hit you know they're home run or strikeout there's no in between no one knows how to hit for contact and it really showed because the long ball just wasn't there for them this year so being able to add joey gallo who is one of the better power hitters in the game uh he, at the trade deadline, on I, I think he already had 25 home runs so he's he's gonna be a guy that's gonna hit you know, 35 40 home runs for him um and in yankee stadium that's. Already a pretty hitters-friendly ballpark. I think it's going to be fantastic for him. And then filling a hole left behind by Luke Voigt at first base by bringing Anthony Rizzo. You know, you got a four, four-time Gold Glove winner now at first base. So he is the best first, the best defensive first baseman in, in the game. What he adds to the lineup with his bat as well, you know, it's you can't put a price on that. You know, Luke Voit has had a very disappointing season. I know he missed, I think, the first two and a half months of the season. And then ever since he came back, he's been injured off and on. He hasn't really been able to play consistently over a long period of time. So first base was a need that they needed to fill, and they went and got the best first base available. Um, they didn't really address the pitching that I think that they needed but I guess they think that their pitching is okay enough to get by if they can really get that offense going. Um, so we'll see how it works out for them. They've been playing a little bit better as of late, if they can keep it up. I don't know, but you know, just getting the trades that they did, I think they're going to have to be a winner. Um, so onto my losers, surprisingly, I got the Padres. So the Padres kind of struck first in you know, making a big splash at the trade deadline. Um, they went and got Adam Frazier from the Pirates. He's having a great year. He was one of the few all stars from the Pirates. Very solid bat. He can play second base. He can play a little bit of left field. Um, he'll primarily play a second base for him. He really solidifies an already solid lineup that they have. But I think the Pirate, I think the Padres really needed to do more, especially addressing pitching. Um, they have a couple starters, but they've had a couple guys really disappoint this year. I know Chris Paddock has had a very disappointing season. And they were about to get Max Scherzer from the Nationals. And at the very last second, the Dodgers just swooped in and got uh, Scherzer right right out from under them. And it seems like they really didn't have a plan B if they missed out on Scherzer. So the only notable trade that they made was getting Adam Frazier. It was a good move, but they definitely could have done more. And they definitely should have done more to especially address that pitching staff. Um, my next loser, I got the Rockies. Going into the season, everyone thought that they were going to trade Trevor story. He kind of wants out there. It makes no sense for them to give him a huge contract because they're a team that needs to rebuild. So it made sense to everybody that they trade him, get a bunch of prospects that they can use to rebuild for the future because this team isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And I believe his contract was up at the end of the season anyways so they had incentive to trade him and get something for him now instead of letting him walk and get nothing for him but they didn't trade him they shocked everybody and just held on to him for whatever reason maybe their asking price was a little too high and they didn't get what they thought that they should get i don't know but now they're going to lose him for nothing and doesn't really make any sense to me they should have traded trevor story You know, there was a couple other players that they could have traded as well, but he was the big name guy that everyone thought that they should have traded. So they're definitely a loser. Uh, My last loser is the Seattle Mariners. They're having a surprisingly good season. They're contending for a wild card spot. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to catch the A's or the Astros in the AL West, but they're a team that everyone thought was going to be second to last, if not last in the division. And here they are right up at the top. Competing for a wild card spot, and they did nothing at all at the trade deadline to help them get that last boost um, and solidify that lineup and that pitching staff to really get them over the hump into the playoffs. I don't know why. You know, if you got a team that's, you know, shocking everyone and you're surprisingly contending for a playoff spot, and you have an opportunity to go get an arm for your bullpen or, you know, another bat in that lineup. You go do it. You you show your fans that you're all in. Not so much all in, but you want to put out a good lineup, and you know that you have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. If you have a chance to improve your team, you go take it. And they didn't. Um, that really didn't make any sense to me. I think they're they're a loser just for sitting and doing
0: nothing.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that was a little, maybe a little long winded, but
0: <laughs> no, you're good. You oh, had a lot to say. No, I mean I, I agree with you that, you know, the I feel like the Padres just and the the Mariners they didn't really do enough. Um, you know, obviously the Padres we, we kinda, you know, consider them hopefully in, in contention, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. um, you know, they, they, they don't just get the the nickname that they have for nothing, but but to not to not really help out that the offense that they have and, and kind of put a good some more pitching rotation there, especially when you kinda look at what the Dodgers did and um, that is that is a little rough. But.
1: Yeah, and especially because the last couple of years the Padres have been one of, if not the most aggressive teams at the trade deadline and bringing in solid talent.
0: Mm-hmm. The
1: fact that they were only able to go get Adam Frazier is kind of surprising.
0: Well, and like you said, I think they thought they had Scherzer in the bag. I, I just think the Dodgers were just like, hey, we got a little bit more, and 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 that, that's that's what got it done. So, yeah, but I'll I'll go through mine real quick. I'll keep it kind of. Short and sweet because I do have the Dodgers and the Yankees as winners for me. Obviously, the Dodgers added Scherzer and Duffing to that uh you know starting pitcher rotation and they added Turner. So, you know, kind of similar to what Don says, they they added, they got better at the uh pitching position because you know Bauer obviously probably is not coming back, and then they got better at you know the shortstop's position with uh, Turner and and he can he can only help with as well too. So and then the yankees i think they got some better contact guys as well i think that their lineup is just too home runner bust and i think they got some guys that can put the ball into play and then hopefully that changes the way some teams prepare and then it changes the way they think and then some of those other guys can start mm-hmm. some some home runs off of it but i mean that's that's the gamble they're going to play too I, I think they probably should have tried to go bolster that that pitching rotation as well too but I mean, you, you win some, you lose some, you can only add as much as you can. I mean, I I think that this trade deadline kind of proved that, you know, the rich just kind of get richer and, uh, and that, yeah. that, that's just kind of how it goes. My, my loser, I only had one loser and I know Dom had the Cubs as one of his like winners, but I, I disagree. I think that we kind of unfortunately saw the end of whatever this was going to be. And now the Cubs are going to kind of be rebuild mode for the next you know, five, six years. I, I don't, I mean, you get you get rid of, like, all of your core pretty much. I mean, obviously you get rid of Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant. I mean, those guys are key contributors within their core. And then they get rid of, um, you know, i probably pronounce it wrong, but Tapara, Krimble, and then um, I think they sent them to, you know, across the town, and then they got rid of uh, Chaffin and Marsnick. Yep. Yeah, all those, right? There you go. Boom. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you you get rid of a lot of, like, you know, good core guys, and then good rotation guys, and I know they got back a bunch of young talent, and that helps out, that helps their, yeah you know, their developmental process, but it just, it just kind of sucks, because you saw that team, and and I understand sometimes they run their course, and, and you kind of have to break it up a little bit, but it's really sad, because, I mean, that was a team for about, you know, five years that was really competing heavily, and, and you could go, you could look at them at the beginning of the season, and be like, yeah, they could, they could probably make it to the World Series, they, they, they might be able to make some noise, but, but now we're not really going to get that. So that's that's why I kind of have them as my losers. I know that you know obviously I agree that the Padres and the Mariners should have done more, but at least they kept <laughs> their core intact and they're not going to basically go into rebuild mode. That's the only reason. Yeah.
1: Well, I have them as a winner not just for the amount of young talent that they were able to bring in, but who they were able to bring in. They brought in some of the best prospects in baseball. You know, the the core that they had that won in 2016 that maybe should not have won in 2016, but I'm going to let my Indians fan bias kind of <laughs> subside there. Uh, <laughs> um, but though, the, 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 the team that won in 2016, that core has run its course. You know, mm-hmm. it, being together for six, pretty much six years at that point, um, clearly their their window had closed. You know, they started off pretty well. I think they were in first in early May but they've really fallen off ever since then. And I think they were, they were in second, if not third, uh, right before the trade deadline, there was no way they were going to catch the Brewers. The Reds are a good team They're I think they're 10 games above first place at this point. Um, they were kind of competing with them for the second spot, but they were falling behind the Reds. They knew that the team wasn't going to get any better and their core had run its course. So they figured sell now when all these guys are so very valuable and you know, the players that they are able to bring in, I don't think it's going to be five or six years until this team's competitive. Again, I think it's going to be, they'll probably have a down year next year, but with all the guys that they brought in and the money that the Cubs still have, they'll be active in free agency, but you know, trading all these big contracts, you know, and guys that weren't going to help them in the future frees up a lot of money for them to spend in free agency in the next couple of years but now they have a very very good farm system so not only are they going to be able to build a team that's going to compete in the next couple of years but they're going to be able to sustain that success further down the road so that's why i put them yeah
0: no i mean i listen I, i agree with you i mean i think like from a standpoint of like gathering assets i think that they won you know what i mean if that's If that's their goal, their goal, their goal was to, obviously, like you said, their core had run their course, I get that. And their goal was to gain as many assets as they could so that you're right, maybe that turnaround isn't six years, maybe that turnaround is like year three or four. And, you know, they have, you know, a couple down years while they're kind of building, going through free agency, putting players together, and you know what I mean, stuff like that. But I don't know, I just, I I had them as my loser because you can't, you can't win when you have that much. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. That's just my opinion behind it. But I guess now after all of this craziness, all of these big names that have kind of moved throughout this trade deadline, who is now your favorites for the World Series?
1: Um, I got to think back to who I said were my World Series predictions when I talked with Greg a couple episodes back. Um, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I believe I had the Dodgers and I had the – I want to say Red Sox. I think I had the Dodgers and the Red Sox.
0: Okay.
1: I think now it's still going to be the Dodgers. um, But instead of the Red Sox, I'm going to put the White Sox. Both teams got significantly better at the trade deadline. I think the Red Sox didn't really do anything of note. If anything, they got a little bit worse. Um, You know, White Sox, I think, overtook them for the best team in the AL. Yeah, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to win the AL. and I think the Dodgers are going to win the NL, okay. which that series, that would be one amazing series to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd still probably give the Dodgers the advantage in that. So yeah, Dodgers, Dodgers repeat as world series champions, unfortunately, but <laughs> gotta be, gotta be fair here.
0: Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I agree with the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers, the Dodgers come out that side. I, I do think they back, I, I, I just don't see how you how you reload. You know what I mean? I guess they're not reloading, but I just don't know how you you add that talent in your straight. Because right. I mean, they were pretty much favorites without them. You you add what you added in there, and I mean, they they went out and they got what they needed. They needed starting pitching. They went out and got two started pitchers. So <laughs> they needed a little bit better defensive shortstop, a little bit better bat at that shortstop position. They went out and they got it. So I yeah. mean, you that's that's just that's just what you got. Now out of the other side, I agree with you. I think. The White Sox are good. I think that's probably, like, the most logical choice at this point. But I don't know. It's, it seems like usually whatever – for whatever reason, it's so hard to predict who comes out of out of the AL because for some reason there's always one team that you're like, ah, they they might, like, make it, you know, the second round or whatever, but I don't know if they're going to make it that far. And then yeah. sometimes they do, and you're like, okay, whatever. So I don't know. I, have, I honestly will sit here and be like, I have no idea who's going to come out of the AL because – they i every single time i'm like yep there you go then it's always somebody else <laughs> so i mean like I, I don't know but yeah no i i i think that the the dodgers are going to come out of it I, I do agree with you that Pete. i just i just don't see how they don't you know what i mean i, I think a lot of people are like okay bowers out for good reason yeah and um they were like that pitching rotation i just don't know if it's going to be able to get it done and then they went out and added serger and duffy and you're like obviously serger's an ace, and you know Duffy will probably be a pretty good rotational guy. I don't think he's going to be like all world, but but he'll get it done. and will help him out within the rotation. So I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's hard. That's that that's a hard team to kind of get past. But like I said, yeah. baseball baseball is a hard game. Anybody can have a bad game, and it's really one of those games where you rely so much on pitching and hitting that if you get hot behind, you know what I mean, hitting the ball. Anybody can make anything happen, so. Yeah, I agree. But just to get on to the, probably the main topic that we wanted to talk about, and I think a lot of people are asking this question is, but we were on pace to uh, implode that no-hitter record. And I don't know if we're on that pace anymore. So what happened? What do you think happened to all the no-hitters?
1: Well, MLB started enforcing their rules and started cracking down on all the foreign substances. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, I, you, you
0: know you, not to interrupt you, I called this one when I think um when Greg and I talked about it when they first changed everything. And I call I told I told him I said we're not gonna have any we're probably not gonna have any more no hitters this season. I
1: don't think so.
0: Because just the the whole reason they were able to do that is because a lot of these guys they're getting insane spin. But I'm sorry, I'll let you <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> um you know, I haven't seen any statistics on you know how much spin rate is down it's probably down quite a bit um not only just spin rate you know the substances that the guys were using gives them you know a better obviously a better grip on the ball mm-hmm. so they're able to place their pitches better you know yep, they're spinning more, more awesome and they're location yeah their yeah. the velocity and location is better so now you're just you got you don't have that anymore so now pitchers are kind of you know reverting back to the to the mean here and becoming the pitchers that they were before they were using foreign substances. Um, you know, unfortunately you're seeing, you know, a couple of guys get hurt now. Um, I know the are with Tyler Glasnow. He blames not being able to use a foreign substance on why he got hurt because he had to grip the ball harder and it um, affected the tendons in his elbow. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you knew that you weren't supposed to use these. People were um, using them you know, frequently enough that it became a huge issue. Um, so MLB cracked down on it. And now we're kind of going back to the way things were before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, that's, I, I knew that this was going to happen. You know what I mean? I think that unfortunately, baseball was getting too much pushback because there wasn't enough offense. And in sports today, that's all people want is offense, offense, offense. Look at football, look at basketball, look at any sport. They want to see teams score a ton of points. So in baseball, they want hits. They want home runs. They want points. They want it to be interesting. They want it to be fun. And for a long time, umps and teams, they looked the other way because it was one of those things that was like, they knew they were doing it, but it didn't like create enough of a disadvantage that they weren't affecting that offensive mindset that they wanted and as soon as it started doing it everybody stopped looking the other way and (laughs) you know what I mean it's like it's like the only the only way people would get caught is if they did stupid stuff with it like they put it on their neck or or they constantly were you know rubbing it or put it on their head or in their hat or doing stupid stuff you know what I mean so that you would get caught but yeah yeah I don't know man I mean the whole thing like I, I i said this too when we first talked about it i was like i, I love the no hitters i think baseball is a game of it's a, it's a game of inches you know what i mean and and at the end of the day it's it's who you know what i mean who who outdoes the the other team in that game of inches you know what i mean you if you're if you're off by an inch with your pitch in the box bro that's a home run you know what i mean that's a hit up the middle that's a run from second base you're done you lose the game yep. you get it right where you need to get it that's a strike on the corner. Maybe they didn't swing at it. Maybe they swung at it and it missed. You get enough rotation on it. Boom, done. It's over with. So we're talking about games that that should be one and one, zero oh, and one, one two. You know what I mean? Like not. We shouldn't have fifteen runs in a game. Like that's freaking crazy.
1: Yeah, you've so, seen that quite a few times now.
0: Yeah. So and and I think that like I get it. They're they're trying to compete with the other sports and they're trying to draw in the next generation of baseball fans. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of us that not that we're old or anything <laughs> but i mean a, a lot of you know what i mean a lot of probably our our parents and and stuff like that they grew up watching baseball i think they could agree that they they love that that like little inch by inch struggle within baseball that's thats that's the whole fun of the game yeah but like i said this this new you know the new generation of fans in sports they want everything now they want everything in society instantaneously and they want it to be fun they want to be able to digest it immediately and if they can't if it's something that takes a long time to give them, you know, excitement or whatever it might be, then you're too boring, not going to watch you moving on. <laughs> you know what I mean? And for a game, there's right. nine innings that could go three and a half, four hours for no, for no reason. You know what I mean? That it just, sometimes that's not what people want to watch. They want to go, you know, watch the nets drop 140 points on somebody, even though they're letting them score 130 points. I mean, that, that's just how it goes.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of times, you know, depending on if you if you have, you know, access to the, being able to watch the game, you know, depending on what region of the country you're in, um, most people don't pay attention to, you know, a no hitter until they all get the alert on their phone. Like it's the bottom of the seventh, and you know, some pitcher has a no hitter going. Well, then people will finally be interested. They're most people don't watch a whole base. They're not like me that watches a whole baseball game.
0: <laughs> you well, know, I, I think the problem too is like is baseball kind of has like the same problem I feel that like hockey and basketball have is I just think there's too many games. Like I get it. You're, you're trying, you're trying to get as much money out of it as you can. But at the end of the day, it's like what baseball is 162 games. or something yes. like that. There's, there's no reason to have 162 games. Like if you, if you can, if you did a study, I'm sure that the majority of baseball stadiums across America for all their, because what they have, like, 80 some home games probably. Yeah, 81 81 math half. Um <laughs> but the, of their 81 home games, I, I can't imagine that the majority of them sell out more than 20. Like there's no way. You know what I mean? it's like the what what they're selling what they're selling out is, you know, games against their rivals or games against some bigger opponents like you know what I mean? It's like, I, I, I get it. There's that, that, that 20 is probably like a median number for me. There's probably some teams that obviously sell out more. There's some teams that sell out less. Yeah. I don't know. Like, like I said, we could probably go over it round for round on this. We're, I just don't, I just don't see us having another no hitter this season just because it's, it's so hard to do it to begin with, but without that aid, um, I, I just don't, you know, what like really sucks too is like, I, I think I had this conversation with Greg too. It, in that episode was like, I I think that they should come out with something that's, that is like legal for pitchers. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I think hitters use tar on the bat so they can get a better grip on it. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like it's not being used in the game. So it's like, how come, how come pitchers don't get a little bit of an edge? You know what I mean? Like you go look at football, wide receivers have those gloves. There is, I watched a video of Tyreek Hill he was catching balls from a jug machine. I mean, we're talking about a jug machine that shoots the ball at like over 150 miles an hour, depending on how, you know what I mean? So, but mm-hmm. he was right up on top of it. And it was just like, it hit his hands and like bounce a little bit, but then it would just stay there. And I understand he's got strong hands, but the glove helped out a ton. Yeah. Like, there's no well, way doing that bare handed. So I don't know why if they can't, you know what I mean? Every sport has their own like little quirks and things that are like, oh, helps, you know, so either, either maybe, make a glove that they can use or let them use some sort of substance that you create it, that everybody uses. It's across the whole, you know, league. And yeah, maybe, maybe you're like, you can only use it. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do with it. Make it, I guess they'll probably make it stupid. But I mean, it's just like one of those things that I think if you have a good combination of good pitching and good hitting, then the league will just be, yeah.
1: Well, the MLB needs to be clear about what they consider a foreign substance. So one of the um, things that pitchers were doing was mixing rosin and um, sunscreen and it you know made their hands a little sticky. Well, let's say there's a pitcher midday game, you got sunscreen on and you pick up the rosin bag that the MLB provides for you on the mound, and you use the rosin bag. Well, now you have that combination on your hands your hands are going to be a little bit sticky Mm -hmm. are you going to get kicked out for using uh uh rosin bag that the mlb provided for you No, everybody about to be (laughs) burnt right right yeah okay so now you want all your pitchers to get skin cancer (laughs) like yeah yeah. you know that there needs to be more clarification and you know just i don't know like they they can't just ban everything because like I said, rosin and sunscreen. Every player wears sunscreen, especially during day games. And then the MLB provides rosin for you. Like, how do you... Or... Are you, are you going to just not give the pitchers rosin to use? Or are you going to ban sunscreen? Like, that that's ridiculous.
0: Or here, here's, here's a good thought. Why don't the MLB and team use all that analytical fun stuff they have? And go back to helping batters understand to where, where to swing, when to swing, how to how to see pitches coming out of the hand, and hit for contact. Why don't we go back to that? Because I think that it doesn't matter how much sticky stuff you have on your hand. If the batters are just as knowledgeable as the pitchers are, then they're still going to get hits. Like, the, this whole reason that we're in this situation is because before they were still using, you know, that those foreign substances, but they just didn't have all that knowledge. But now they can go back and they could take, like, If you get somebody, like, who's been in the league for six or seven years, you have all of that data that's in a database, and they can be like, oh, if you throw this pitch in this moment, then strike out, boom. Or you throw this pitch in this moment, they're just going to ground right to the the third baseman. As long as your third baseman gets it and throws him out, boom, you're done. And even if he misses, that's an error. That's not even on you anyway.
1: Well, it's not even that, you know. Teams are obsessed with launch angle now. They're they they have it calculated down to oh, we want to get your launch angle between you know this and this, you're gonna hit you know 15 more home runs. That's all they care about. They all they care about is launch angle and hitting as many home runs as possible. They don't care about you know seeing the whole field and hitting all across the field. You know, that's why the, the shift is being used now that no one can hit against the shift. Yeah. You know, it if you're someone like you know, a player like Michael Brantley, for example, defenses don't use the shift on him because he uses the whole field. You know, he's one of the better, just pure hitters in the game. One of the few pure hitters that we have. You know,
0: mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, if like that's Mike Trout. I mean, it's just like yeah, I, I agree with you, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like honestly, I get it. Like hitting home runs, that's cool. But if you if you're gonna add 15 home runs, but you're gonna add 100 strikeouts, and then your on-base percentage gets cut down by, like, 20%. Is that, is that really worth it? Are you really being more successful? Or is your team being more successful? Well, I don't know. Like, like you
1: alluded to earlier, you know, people don't watch entire games. They just watch clips. You know, they'll see the highlights. They'll get notifications on their phone. You know, if you know they see a bunch of highlights, oh, this person hit 40 home runs, you're thinking, wow, this is one of the best players in baseball, you know. People don't really track strikeouts. They don't really care about strikeouts. But if you're hitting the ball over the fence 40 times, they don't care that you're batting 130 and you have 200 strikeouts. If you got, you know, <laughs> if you hit 40 bombs on the season and you have like 100 RBIs, teams are are looking over on um, base percentage and and all that. You know, you, I mean, you have some players like Joey Gallo that the Yankees just got that have built a whole career on. Mm-hmm.
0: You
1: know, he's a uh, 200, 150 to 200 strikeouts a year on a good year. He might bet 220, 230, but he'll hit 35 to 40 bombs for you. know.
0: Yeah. I yeah, know. I don't know, man. I The whole, the whole thing to me is like, I feel like it would have just been an easier fix if you wanted to draw people's attention. If you just decrease, like if you made it to where there was less opportunities to see baseball, then I think that more people would go watch baseball you know what i'm saying like yeah, i get i don't know i get i get it's all part of the game and, and you start decreasing the games and then you start running into you know end of career numbers and hall of fame and da 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 da, da, da okay cool whatever but in 20 years nobody's worried about it anymore yeah. so you you just, you'll just have to kind of you know crank the numbers and be like okay well if you would have played as many games so and so then they project Wise, they probably would have had similar numbers, you know what I mean? Cool, awesome, yeah. But it's like there, there's no reason to play 162 games, knock that down to around 100. You could take off six, you could take off 62, you can knock that right down to about 100. Then you make those, you know what I mean? That you take away 62 opportunities for some people to watch baseball. Now you make the other 100 games a little bit more valuable to go watch or watch on TV or go in person, those kinds of things. You're, yeah, creating more buzz, more people would probably sit through a little bit more of a game and then and then you don't have to worry about you know okay we have to have you know three to four hundred total home runs hit in the season so that people are interested yeah. like well,
1: not only that a, a big problem that major league baseball has had for years is not being able to market their superstars you know that <laughs> you you got someone like Mike Trout, who some people consider to be one of, if not the best players of all time. And if you were just to send him to some random Walmart, 80% of the people wouldn't even recognize him. And you, you know,
0: you, you could probably sit him down at a sports bar by Angel Stadium, like during a game, and people would have no idea that it was him. They just think it's some normal person.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, don't mean, I, I you know, what, be, It would be like a funny, like it, if it's like a throwaway game, like, okay, cool, whatever. But like, it'd be so funny just to sit them down there and see, like, I think, I think that's what Ed, the MLB should do. Cause obviously there's some players that you're like, okay, like they'll probably be recognized, but like, if you took some of the bigger stars in the league <laughs> and you stuck yeah. up, you know, you took like a 20 mile radius from around the stadium and you had them just go to different places while the game was going on or or even in a, on a random day, I I don't, I don't know if they'd be recognized more than 20% of the time, you know what I mean? And that's, that goes to your point where they just don't know how to market stars. I mean, I think. Because a a lot of
1: times during games, they don't let them be themselves. You know, you you got the bat flip was frowned upon, you know, showing really any sort of personality was, was frowned upon. And, you know, uh, a lot of guys just weren't, and still aren't as vocal as they probably could or should be. Um, and I mean, they're they're not really putting themselves out there. and The MLB isn't helping them market, you know. So I mean, they're not getting endorsement deals or not. They're not as recognizable because MLB is not helping them promote themselves and the teams aren't helping them promote their stars. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think, most- I think that needs to change. Yeah, the most notable person that they've really kind of promoted, in my mind, in the last like 10 years is is Shohei Otani. And, and that's only because he's kind of a, a unicorn in what he's doing right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to pitch and, you know, be in the field and hit and just being successful for, you know, at odd levels at this point. I think that's the only reason that he's kind of big right now is because he's just different than what the sport has seen in a really long time. So the MLB really hasn't had to try with him. You look at somebody like Fernando Tatis Jr. with you know San Diego, and I think he's pretty big. I think he's a pretty na- big name star. There's a lot of people that do know him, but at the same time, is he more well known than than like LeBron well, or I mean, Tom Brady? Or... Le-
1: LeBron's a different uh, different atmosphere there.
0: Well, no, I know, but I'm just saying, like you're you're talking about your your biggest name stars in each sport, like Mike Trout. Like Mike Trout is yeah. considered, like you said, one of the greatest baseball players of all time is do do people know him as you know what i mean as much as they would probably know other big name stars in other sports i mean you even look at hockey you can look at like you know like wayne gretzky or you know Sidney Crosby. like people know who they are yeah like just people who aren't even hockey fans they know who they are you go to people who aren't baseball fans you say the name mike trout they're like who's mike trout is he even good i don't even know who he is and you're like he's the most consistent hitters of all time one of the best defenders in the outfield of all time probably i mean You're you're talking like one of the greatest players of all time. And they're like, oh, I don't know who that is. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's the MLB's fault. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I completely agree with you. You know, I mean, some of these young stars that we see, they're like um, Tatis Jr., Tim Anderson, Mookie Betts. They're they're popular with the younger fan base, you know, the whatever young fan base MLB has. But, you know, do you look at some of the old time fans or Mm -hmm. more traditional baseball fans? They don't like them because they don't follow the unwritten rules that baseball has had for years and
0: they show personality. And, you know, a lot of old school baseball fans don't like that. Maybe, maybe that's what, that's, maybe that's what helps baseball is that they get over it. You know what I mean? Because at, at the yeah. end of the day, it's like you can't, you can't just, you know, march in a straight line and do the same thing over and over again and not, not expect to, you know, just, I, I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Like, the, the part of the game is like being excited. Like I, I, yeah. even, even as kids, like when, when you're playing rec baseball, somebody hits a home run or they get a really big hit, everybody freaks out. They're doing, you know what I mean? Chance. They're messing with each other. They're screaming and hollering and yeah. doing bad flips and you get to the league and what now you gotta be all, you gotta be a gentleman about it. Like this is a game right. to, well, beat you into the ground. Like this is not, I'm not going to try to. I'm like a well, and,
1: and look at, what MLB had in the late 90s, early 2000s. They had stars and they, they marketed them well. You had Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Manny Ramirez, um, Ken Griffey Jr. Barry, yeah, you have Barry Bonds too. Like, you had stars and everyone knew who they were. People would tune in just to watch these people play. Yeah,
0: Especially
1: probably. Manny like, Ramirez, Sosa, and McGuire. Because yeah, what they were doing
0: in 2000s, yeah, I mean, you look at you look into the early two thousands. You look at even like like the Yankees were probably you know with, with Jeter and and Cano, yeah. In there's in you know where they had CC and it's just like I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I guess maybe maybe there was because when when did they change all like the showboating and the bat flipping bat bat flipping and stuff like that? Was that like?
1: No, I mean it. It, it was it was always a thing that was was kind of frowned upon up until recently, and even now it's so controversial. But you know they they marketed these players. You saw their faces on every billboard. You saw them in every commercial. Like everyone knew who Manny Ramirez, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Derek Jeter. You knew who these guys were and you knew how good they were. Because all you saw was their their highlights. You saw their face on all advertisements, billboards like the MLB marketed the hell out of these players and people got interested. You know, viewership in baseball early 2000s late 90s was huge like it, it was probably the second biggest sport in the country behind the NFL you know every, it it was it was more popular then than it is now yeah and there's a whole new wave of stars coming through the MLB that are amazing players and most people don't know who they are
0: yeah yeah i mean that's it's just unfortunate cuz i mean you start seeing you're starting to see the sport kind of slip like i mean it was it was like you said, it was probably right behind football popularity-wise. I I think basketball is kind of taking taking it over, and and I I think hockey is it's it's coming up fast. If it's not already kind of tied with them in popularity, almost. Yeah, I don't think Man, it's gotten, gotten to place.
1: that point yet, but it, it could.
0: Hockey, hockey is. Yeah, big. 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 I mean, it, it's, it's still it, not
1: as big as baseball,
0: but yeah. it's. You gotta think like hockey. Here's here's what I'll say too: is like football basketball, the reason that they were able to kind of quickly take over as, as a more popular sport is because it's fast paced. Yeah, in football there's lots of hard hits and they can score lots of points. Now you look at hockey, it's basically it's the same thing. it's fast paced, tons of hard hits. you have the fights, you have the highlights, they can score a ton of points. And I think that if baseball continues down the path that they're doing, And they don't market well and they can like I said they continue what they're doing. I think over the next two or three years we could see hockey slide into that third spot and baseball slide down to that fourth spot. And then I just don't know what they do with it. You know what I mean? Because I I don't see that I don't see soccer in America, at least for you know, another five to ten years, really being like, you know, a popular sport where we can, you know, put it on the same level as the other ones that have been here for a long time. But I do think that the the popularity for soccer is growing as well, too. But again, it's more of a slow paced methodical game, kind of like baseball. So yeah. it's going to fall in that same category, even if it gets up to that point. So, but I mean, they have, they have a lot of work cut out for them. I think over this offseason, I think they should try to rethink, retool, change some things around and try to, you know, appeal to both parties. They need to appeal to the party that wants the points. They need to appeal to the party that that likes that slow, methodical game, and they need to put it on the field so that everybody stays healthy, everybody has a fair advantage, and yeah, you can get some good games going. I, I know we just got off topic like by <laughs> we were talking about no hitters. I think both of us went on a rant. So, um, but if you guys got anything from that, then you're welcome. <laughs> Other than that, um, that's about all we have for today. Thank you guys for listening, and um, we hope you enjoyed it. Obviously we'll have another episode come out in a couple of weeks and we'll probably have more to talk about cause we'll be getting close to the playoffs. So we will kind of have a little bit better understanding of where everybody stands. Maybe Dom's Greg's or I's, uh, predictions of the world series might change depending on how all these new pieces fit on their new teams. And yeah, but that's how it goes. So again, thank you guys. And until next time. Hey everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any updates. And please
1: let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next.
0: As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.